Hello, and welcome to another Industry Careers for PhDs podcast brought to you by Cheeky Scientist. I'm your host, Isaiah Henkel. If you'd like to listen to the full interview, go to CheekyScientist.com backslash association and learn how to become an associate and get access to all of our training uh, materials, uh, materials to help you transition into an industry career. If you'd like these highlights delivered to your email inbox each week, go to CheekyScientist.com and subscribe under where it says start here. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Uh, today, we'll, we will be talking with Kathy Sarbara on informational interviews. Uh, Kathy ha has developed a very strong understanding of the informational interview process, which has become very popular, especially for PhDs hoping to transition into industry. Uh, she'll be discussing how to set up these interviews and how to execute them correctly. Uh, Kathy uh, has previously worked as a publishing editor for the Royal Society of Chemistry. Uh, she got her PhD and did her postdoctoral work in Europe and uh, has a PhD in the medical life science and technology uh, field and, and has a lot of experience delivering innovative results and, and receiving research funding and is uh, very active in the research community st uh, still, especially um, in, at the Cambridge AWICE um, regional chapter uh, for women in science. So we're gonna jump in here with Kathy and talk about informational interviews now. Kathy, I wanted to welcome you. It's great to have you on. Thanks, Isaiah. Happy to be here. Okay, so, um, you know, so, so Kathy, you've recently, uh, recently written a couple of articles on informational interviews, and, you, you know, you, you kind of attacked it from two different angles, you know, how to set up an informational interview, right, because that's, that's the hard part. A lot, of, we, a lot of you associates, a lot of you guys listening right now, you ask over and over again, how do I set these up, right? What do I do? What's the right etiquette? Uh, Kathy covered that in an article, which you can read after this if you haven't. Um, and then at the same time, in a, in a separate article, she also covered how to actually execute an informational interview. And we're going to touch on both of those topics. Uh, but, but first, I want to rewind a little bit, um, Kathy, and maybe, maybe before we even start talking about the purpose of an informational interview and these how-tos, maybe you can share your story of how you set informational interviews up and, and how you ended up transitioning into, into industry briefly. Sure. Um, well, I guess when I started, I was a bit confused as to what I should be doing because I knew I didn't want a research scientist role. And I knew I wanted something more along the lines of communication, but I wasn't sure what. Um, so I moved to Cambridge from Germany and I used informational interviews basically for two things. One was to get to know people in the city I was living. And at the same time, while I was networking, I could learn more about the companies that I was interested in and just in general, what time, types of roles there were out there for me that had nothing to do with research scientists. Right. <laughs> um, so I just started, I started with I started easy. I started just connecting with people that uh, were second connections, either through LinkedIn or friends of a friend, um, and asking, hey, I heard you do this. Do you want to talk about it? Um, those, I said, were kind of the easy connections. And then um, I would start to go to networking events, meeting people that were of interest to me, and then sending up follow-up emails, asking them if they wanted to meet for coffee to discuss more, that I would value their opinion on their current position and how they got to where they were. 
and that kind of led me to learn about mm. publishing and I was lucky enough that here in London and in Cambridge there are quite a few um, publishing houses and so that, that just kind of got the ball rolling and I was like, oh, this exists. <laughs> yeah. And um, then I they pointed me in the right direction to check out websites, check out um, jobs that were being posted and it just really got me on the track to where I wanted to go. It, you know, it's a big, like you spend your life in academia and you don't even know what, I mean, how many of you would agree that you don't know about all the different positions and options you have in industry? Yes or no? Yeah, right, you guys don't, you don't have a clue. So how are you going to find out about this? Of course you can read online and, you know, look up different sites, but by setting up these informational interviews, you're, you're basically sitting down with someone who is, compared to, you know, you at this point, an expert, and can tell you about these different types of positions that are out there, uh, you know, about lateral positions, not just the position that they have, about all the different positions at their company, right, and where to go about learning more about this. Like, they can point you to the right, just like Kathy said, to the, the right places to read more about it. Um, so, again, if you're not setting up uh, information interviews, um, you, you're really, you're going to be at a disadvantage, right? So, so that's Kathy's story. We're, we're going to, you know, before we get into how to actually set it up and some of these tactical things, uh, I want to talk more about, you know, from more of a strategic viewpoint, you know, what, what is the purpose, Kathy, in, in your own terms or words of an informational interview? I mean, there's so many advantages to having them. Um, I think the first thing is that it's just insider information. I mean, there's only so much you can gain mm -hmm. from reading about a company on a website, as opposed to meeting someone who works at that company and can tell you exactly about the company culture and what they do and how they treat their employees. Um, you can learn about the application process, which is huge because every company has a different application process. Mm. You can learn how to tailor your application and just about the job itself, because sometimes job descriptions can be so verbose that you think to yourself, I'm not actually sure what they want me to be doing in this, in this role. Um, mm. and, but overall, it's, it's your kind of foot in the door. You're, you're networking with this person. You're building a rapport with someone that's in the company that you're interested in, and, and that's huge. Yeah. No, and, and again, so you guys, it just it keeps coming back to these two things, like Kathy just said. Number one, you want to learn more about the position, which includes whether or not you're a good fit and even how to tailor your application or how your approach to that position. Right. So you can you can cut through all, you know, all the hours you'd spend online researching and try to find that, you know, trying to get through these dense corporate websites and really just talk to somebody and, and really understand what, what's what's it like, what's their daily life like. And at the, at the same time, you're using this as a very, uh, a very easy way to get closer to somebody else and to get referrals. Right. This is a great way to network right you're not really you're not asking for anything at this point you're not asking for a referral you're, you're building the relationship first you're actually adding value by setting up an informational interview right because you're talking to somebody maybe you're buying them lunch you're buying them coffee uh, you're listening you're engaging like you're letting them you know teach and uh, teach what they do and feel important this this is uh, you know you're appreciating them all very important and again this helps you lead uh, to get referrals which is which is what, what Kathy was able to successfully do too um, Okay, so that's the purpose, right, of the informational interview. So, so really those two different parts. And, and from here, the question we always get is, okay, 
how do I actually do this, right? What are the practical steps that I take to set up an informational interview? Um, so, so Kathy, maybe you can help us break this down to what you've done or, or you know, maybe even looking back what you, you would have done better and then how you'd kind of prescribe step-by-step step how, to, how to set up one of these interviews. Yeah, sure. Um, I would say start simple first. So before trying to reach out to the director of a big biotech company, See who you already know or see who your friends know and, and start that way. That can be a great way for you to just get relaxed and, and just get used to kind of talking to people in this sort of a format. Um, of course, start networking online. Make sure your LinkedIn is up to date because if you're reaching out to people for these informational interviews and they try and creep you on LinkedIn mm. and your LinkedIn looks juvenile, that's going to be really bad. Then if you find someone who you don't already have a connection with that you want to reach out to, and this is something we talk about in the group all the time, it all comes down to the script that you use to reach out to them. So I was recently contacted um, by someone who wanted an informational interview, not an associate, and they sent me a, it, it was probably two pages where they started off with the, I am a postdoctoral fellow at the University of so-and-so, this is my research, this is what I do, here are 15 questions I would like to ask you. <laughs> and I thought, oh goodness, <laughs> he's definitely not an associate. <laughs> so you want to keep your script short, you know, be respectful of the person that you're trying to reach out to, they only have so much time. And at the same time, you want to add value immediately. Um, so do a bit of research, try and compliment them or offer to help them with a the problem that they have. Or if you do have some sort of background connection, you're part of the same alumni or the same university, say that immediately. Never start your script with, I'm a PhD in, that's mm. cringe, it just makes me cringe to, to read that. <laughs> and, mm. um, and then use the line, something to the effect of, I would value your opinion or your advice on, do you have time for a brief phone call or a brief meeting? Um, you want them to know that you're not going to waste their time. Mm -hmm. um, and we have tons of these types of scripts on the quick reference guide in the Facebook group as well, if anybody needs to take a look at them. Yeah, great. And <laughs> I love that story. So I mean, it's kind of serendipitous that that recently happened. Um, because it showcases the, the big, the biggest point here, and I get, I get this all the time too. You know, a lot of industry professionals do. You just get the, you know, a two-page thing. Like basically, it's like a res. Somebody sends you a resume trying to prove that they are worth meeting for an interview, which is the wrong approach, right? You, you're not trying to convince the other person that you're worth meeting or that you're organized or anything like that. The only thing you're trying to convince them of is that you're not going to be a pain, okay? That you're not going to. Uh, eat up a lot of their time or be a nuisance or, you know, or make them, you know, like Kathy said, cringe. So that is your only goal. You want to send them a short script that, you know, shows briefly uh, appreciation and uh, that, you, you know, direct to the point that you, you'd like to meet and ask them a couple of questions, like Kathy said. And, and we have lots of scripts in, in the group on how to do this. But again, don't look at it as you need to convince this person that you're, you're worthwhile or you have something to offer, like, you know, that 
you're not trying to show your worth in any way. You're just trying to show them that you're, you're not going to be a pain or a nuisance or eat up a lot of their time or be awkward, right? Like nobody wants to show up to meet a stranger in general. Um, so I, I think that's probably the, the most important takeaway uh, that we have so far. And just to recap a couple of things Kathy said, because she said a lot of great things. Um, it is important to have your LinkedIn profile professional, right? You, you can't look you know, Kathy used the word juvenile, which, which I think is great. You can't just look like a, a student or a postdoc or introduce yourself as just a PhD, whatever it is. You know, show yourself as another industry professional. Display yourself as an equal because you're going to reach out to this person for an interview. They're going to look at your LinkedIn profile, right? And they're, they're going to see, am I going to be sitting down with another professional who could eventually, you know, add value to me, even if they can't now? Or am I going to sit down with someone who's just going to waste my time, have no idea what they're doing, and, you know, it's going to be like babysitting. Right. That's about as, as blunt as I can be. Uh, and then the first thing Kathy said was really important. Reach out to your current network. Okay. So we, we give so many, we give so many talks and we talk to so many, you know, associates and everything. And, and that your initial gut kind of reaction is to reach out to people at the top, right? The vice president or like the CEO of a company. These people are going to, are going to meet you for an informational interview. You just want to, find people that are at the same level as you, right, or one step above, right? So the same level, you could say, you know, a research scientist, same level as you guys, you know, if you're a postdoc, same level level as you or lateral or whatever it might be, like look for people that are in those first uh, positions that you can transition into uh, after, uh, from academia. That's who you want to meet with. That's who you want to sit down with. And don't look for new people first. Go back to your, you know, go back to your undergraduate network, your, your graduate school network, you know, other people who were doing postdocs down the hall and got a job recently, uh, other associates who have recently got a job, right? We have like a hundred associates in the group right now that, I mean, over the last year who've gotten a, a transition into industry, reach out to these people, uh, you know, sit down with them, talk, talk to them, uh, reach out to the people who are in your current networks first. I, I think that's a, a, a critical point. So, so let's say, okay, that's, that's how you reach out to set up these informational interviews. And it really just comes down to networking, the right scripts, like Kathy said. Once you set up the informational interview, how do you execute? That's my next question, Kathy. So you, you go to the interview or you're about to go to the interview. What are you doing to prepare? You know, let's say the day before. And then what kind of questions do you ask at the interview itself? Yeah, so... I think the main thing is to do your homework beforehand. I mean, I would treat it just like you're preparing for an interview at a company. I mean, you wouldn't walk into an interview at a company not knowing anything at all about the company. So I would at least do a bit of background research on the person, on the, on the company that they work for, so you can ask intelligent questions um, and have some questions prepared. I mean, I wouldn't walk in with a list of 30 questions and read them off verbatim. You want to kind of match mm. match the the language and the tone um, of the person that you're interviewing. But I would definitely have something something prepared. And I think you just want to walk in with with confidence. And by preparing, that gives you it gives me confidence. Um, so I think that that's really important. Yeah, and that can't really be overstated, right? So a lot of you guys, you know, we're scientists, we're like confidence. What does that even mean, right? What, what do I do? Um, in terms of confidence, it just means approaching it as, as like you're approaching an equal, right? Not not arrogantly or, I mean, of course, you're respectful and realize you're, that they're giving you their time, but you go in there uh, to the interview like you're talking to a colleague, right? Not like you're talking to someone who's, 
uh, miles above you, and this will earn you the you know the respect because you want to show them that hey you know I have value and I'm going to be able to add value back to you, and this is a a relationship that's worth investing in. Um, so, in terms of these these questions, and we we have a lot of these these questions in the group that you could ask during an informational interview. And again, make sure you read the two articles from Kathy on informational interviews. But Kathy, maybe you could think back to the the uh, questions that you asked during your interviews or or just some simple examples of, of how you could start the interview or where you might take it or just uh, any practical questions in general. Yeah, so I normally break it down. Um, I, I start with preparation. So how did this person um, learn about the position that they're in? How did they get into that position? What was the application process like for them? What's, what's their present job like? So what are their current responsibilities? Um, what do they like about it? Um, do, do they have a lot of free time outside of work? Was this important for them when they took this type of position? And I think what a lot of people are curious about, and what I was especially curious about was, um, what happens with this job two or three years down the road? So what's the career trajectory like? Can they move um, up the corporate ladder? Uh, and then I think you can get into things like job hunting strategies. So what advice can they give PhDs that want this type of position? Um, what could you do to make yourself a better candidate um, for this type of position? And of course, you want to try and think about um, what's the company culture like? Um, what's the job satisfaction like? And I'm listing off a ton of questions here, but I think start off with some questions that are important to you, but then see how the interview is going. So if they go out on a tangent, don't um, feel like you need to bring it back to the script so you answer all the 10 questions you have on your pages because at yeah. the end of the day it's just it's just as important to build rapport as it is to get those questions answered so if you only if they only answered one of your questions by the end but you've built a really great relationship with this person that's so much more important mm. yeah no I mean you guys this is Great information. I mean, this is like expert level informational interview information, honestly. I mean, I, I just want to recap all that. That was, that was really great. So the most important thing that Kathy said is, you know, as an interviewer, this is like you guys are interviewers, right? You got to see yourself as a journalist. I think that's exactly what Kathy said in one of her articles. And when, when you're a journalist, you go in there, you want to get the other person talking about what they're passionate about. That's goal number one. You don't try to get through all, I mean, as PhDs, right, we write down these questions like, I'm going to get through every one of these questions no matter what. I don't care if I have to be here for four hours, they're going to answer my questions. No, you don't want to have that approach. You want to go in there and just get them talking about what they're passionate about. If they go off on a tangent or take the interview somewhere else, go with it. Get them talking, right? Because this means that they're comfortable and they've lost themselves in what they're saying. And, and that's where you can get the you know, real information out of them. Um, so ask them questions that are going to take them down a path where, where they're excited to talk, you know, and, and some of the questions you could ask in the beginning are just, you know, what, what do they love about their job, right? What, what do they do with their daily life? Like that's such a simple one because they can just think, oh, I usually get up here, I spend a few hours on email here, my meetings, whatever else. 
that that's a, a, an easy go-to one. And then the career tra trajectory is a great one because I guarantee you they're going to lose their sel their selves, themselves in answering that question for you. Right? Where do you see yourself in a couple of years? Right? Okay, you're doing this great. Like, wh where do you want to go? Do you want to get into management? They're going to turn inside on their heads, right, and try start thinking about where their career is going and everything. And that's where they're going to start talking and they'll give you valuable information in terms of does this person really feel like they can go somewhere or, or are they going to be you know, in this research scientist, one position for the next seven years, right? So this is this is really important. Um, and then once you build that rapport, like Kathy said, remember, goal number one, build the rapport, let them talk about what they're passionate about. The more they talk about what they're passionate about, the more favorably they're going to remember you, okay? Um, so the the questions are really just there, there that you guys map out before so that if things stall or whatever else, you can go back to a question, you have some things prepared just in case. It's like having a note card before you give a presentation, right? Um, it's there just in case. Uh, and then once you get them comfortable and you've built rapport, like towards the end of the interview, this is where, you know, that you can get them to answer some more open questions. Maybe like, you know, we talked a lot about stuff you like. Is there anything in particular that, you know, could be better, uh, you know, in this particular position or, or things that weren't quite what they seemed, right? Or, or, or your least favorite part of it. Right. And then this is where you can start getting some of the, the deeper questions that are about you. I would save those for the end, too. And Kathy did a great example. You know, how how could you make how could I mean, this is how you phrase it. How can I make myself a better candidate for a similar position at this company? Right. Or, you know, what could I do in the first couple of weeks after getting hired uh, to make myself fit in or hit the ground running? These kind of questions. OK. So when you said and not only that, but you need to tell them how much time it's going to take. I wouldn't even say 15 minutes. I would say five minutes, right? If it ends up, because five minutes can go into 10 or 15, doesn't seem like a big deal. But I would say five minutes is it, and I would make it as easy as possible on, you know, should, where should you meet up? You should meet up wherever is easiest for them. You want to, lo again, lower that activation energy for them. When you're reaching out through a message, whatever else, one of the best techniques I've ever seen is let's say they're on some sort of campus, like they're in an industrial park or whatever else. You've been talking to them, you know, you've been networking a little bit, and now you're following up to set up an informational interview. What you say is, hey, I'm actually, I'm actually going to be in, uh, in this campus or this cluster, an industrial park, whatever, um, for another meeting. I would love to meet you for five minutes for, for coffee um, to ask you more about this, right? I mean, how easy is that? Like, now it doesn't, because remember, you don't want to make it seem like it's this big, formal, official thing. I would like to meet you for one hour to interview you, you know, at, at an unspecified location. No, to say I'm already going to be where you're at, you know, where your offices are um, for another meeting. And I would love to, to drop in for five minutes since I'm going to be there already and, and buy you a cup of coffee and ask you a couple of questions. You guys see the difference in that approach? That's a very simple, like, oh, okay, I'm not putting this person out. Uh, I can happily meet them for five minutes and then I'm already on campus. So, you know, you give them an out where they can just say, I got to get back to the office. They're not like they're driving across town to see you. That, that is by far the best approach that I've ever seen. Um, okay. Kimberly, better to take notes than to forget key info. No, actually, the most important thing you can do, again, is to build rapport. If your nose is in your notebook taking notes and you're not making eye contact, building rapport with the person, what does it matter? Like, you can have all the information you need about getting a job, right, during one of these informational interviews, but if you can't get a referral, right, and figure out the, who the hiring manager is, you're still not going to get the job. So again, that the most important thing is building the rapport, and that might mean not taking notes or just taking a couple of notes. Here, is it okay to ask how the hiring process was like for him or her? Well, that's a good question. So what do you think, Kathy, in terms of asking them what their experience was in getting hired or transitioning? Definitely. 
Um, I think that's a great question. You want to know what the application process is like? As long as it's not too personal. Um, somebody asked me how much money I make, and I thought, uh, no. <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible question to ask. Um, wow. But if it's about the application process, then I think that's definitely fair game. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really, I'm actually really glad you brought that up, Kathy, because there are some things you guys should not ask, right? Can you, can you ask about their experience, their daily life? You know, can you ask about um, how they transitioned, whatever, that's fine. You know, but with the, you know, just be, just use common sense too. If you start asking about the interview process, some companies, they keep that guarded, right? If it's a management consulting, whatever else, don't ask them like what specific question, you know, you were asked for your, your management consulting interview. Like what case study did you go over, this kind of stuff. Um, don't ask them for proprietary information <laughs> about the company, what products are coming out. Like keep it where, keep it in their comfort zone. Get them talking about what they're passionate about and let the conversation go there. What other questions do we have here? When you approach a person on LinkedIn, add value first, when is a good time to ask for the interview? Second or third email. Okay, so it's always going to depend on rapport, but Kathy, in your experience, you know, when you set up these informational interviews, how many touch points did you have before you actually asked to meet them or to get on the phone with them? From experience, it was always when, as you were saying, when it was going to be at the same location where they were, then that was kind of my, my best lead in. So if there mm. was a networking event that I knew that they were going to be at, then I would, I said, can we chat um, for 10 minutes? I think you have, that's a bit of a personal choice depending on how you feel the relationship has gone. But as we were saying, if you've had two or three emails with them and you know you're going to be in their location, then that's a great in to say, let's meet up for a coffee. Um, if it's going to be something over Skype, if you uh, aren't in the same location as they are, then I would say it's definitely worth uh, asking them if you've already built rapport, if you've already added value, to ask them if they have five, ten minutes to have a chat. Yeah, exactly. And, and a lot of you have asked this question, right? What about phone calls, Skype, same kind of thing, you know, and you got to fill it out a little bit, like build up the report, add value, get them talking a little bit through email, right? If all their email answers are yes, no, you know, you're not to the point where you should be asking for an informational interview. But if you got them opened up, you've, you've broached some topics of interest for them, you've built some rapport, you've known them before, get on the phone. And again, don't say, can I have a, a 15, 20 minute phone call? No, for a phone call, I would, you know, I would say two minutes, you know, say there's I'm, I'm just really curious to hear what the, you know, the daily lifestyle is, is like at this company because I have a, a couple of other contacts there and I'm considering some, some positions. Are, is, there any, is there any chance you'd be available for a two-minute phone call uh, next week? Uh, I'm, I'm free during you know, these, these days, these time gaps uh, or, uh, and, and days uh, next week, right? Make it, again, make it as easy as possible for them. Two-minute phone call during these, these, these gaps, um, whatever it might be. Uh, lower that activation energy as much as possible. And uh, a phone call is a great way to start. Thank you for joining us for another Industry Careers for PhDs podcast. If you're interested in attending one of these interviews live, or if you're interested in getting access to the full interview, including all of the background materials and show notes, go to cheekyscientist.com backslash association and learn how to become a associate. Uh, you can get on the wait list for the next association enrollment period there and learn full details about the program. It's a program specifically designed to help PhDs transition uh, into top industry positions. 
If you would like to see receive more of these interview highlights uh, via our podcast uh, sent directly to your email, go to cheekyscientist.com and email subscribe under where it says start here. If you haven't already, you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Um, until next week, remember your value as a PhD and start thinking and acting like a successful industry professional.